from our studios here at the Great South Bay in Long Island, New York. This is our own Turf Wars podcast. Here's your host, Matthew Outlay. From the Hunter Sports Studios, right here on Long Island, right here on Long Island, New York. Welcome to this Friday edition of Home Turf Sports. Welcome. To, it is the fourth of March, of course, twenty twenty-two. And man, we got plenty to talk about with the with the uh, cost NFL Combine, and a, and we're gonna throw in a little, and we'll throw in a little, you know, and we'll throw in a little bit lockout coverage for you. But this is came to my this came to my attention. Of course, the WNBA's put it slapped the New York the New York Liberty half a million because they just they take charter flights, and of course, that's just saying it. Um, according to Ble- according to Bleach Report earlier this week, the New York Liberty were fined. That's a half a million dollars, half a million dollars for chartering flights to away games during the WNBA season and other violations of league rules. Of course, on Thursday, WA Commissioner Kathy Engelbert revealed revealed why it was necessary to penalize the Liberty. And, and and, And you thought Major League Baseball was run by a clown. I mean... That's kind of harsh, don't you think? According to Engelbert, paying for charter flights would have a negative impact on the league's financial help. And Engelbert, Engelbert told ESPN's Michelle Vopel, said, it would be more than $2 million a year to fund charter flights for an entire WNBA season. So this is something that we're not going to jeopardize the financial health of the league and be irresponsible about. If we can get it funded by sponsors and supporters, great. But that's not where we are. We do not have that. <laughs> I guess that's a lot. No. I mean, if your own owner is funding said charter flights, I mean, is there a problem with that? Of course, Engelbert, Engelbert went on to say that chartering flights is something that our office had already explored, but it's just not feasible at the moment. Of course, we asked all the major airlines. We asked charter companies. I've been working on this since the moment I came to the league. But without sponsors stepping out, stepping up, it's just not in the cars right now. She said, continue, if we could get a sponsor or funded in some ways, I'm all ears. I've gotten lots of calls over the past year and this and and about this since we've been back in our 12 markets. Then when people put price it out and they see it's 20 million plus, you never hear from them again. Of course, as, as part of the fine levied against the Liberty, the team was sent a letter stating any similar violations in the future will result in more significant discipline, including larger fines and the force, possible forfeiture of draft picks. Of course, Engelbert said the league would be open to supporting teams who face significant travel issues that would be eased by a charter. And she said, we funded charter travel during the playoffs last year and in 2019, so I know what it costs. I know how it, how I know how to be thoughtful about doing it when it makes sense. Of course, however, she pointed out that the Liberty's use of a charter violated the league's collective bargaining agreement. Engelbert believes the use of a charter would potentially give New York a competitive advantage 
considering that other teams around the league can't afford the same amenities. And of course, this is the only, and you're trying to, trying to dissolve a team that's been in the WNBA since 1997. And that, and how does that going to make you look? How's that going to make, how does that make her, Commissioner Engelbert look? New Yorkers were spinning, New Yorkers were spinning their faces, spinning their face. And that's not saying, that's not saying much. I can say, I can say, I can say this without being a little harsh, harsh on somebody or harsh on anybody, but this is, but th- when you have a multi, when you are a business that is given 75, oh, almost like 75 million to get your league in order, get your league in order. Is this, is this how, is this how you is this how you want to run this organization as a commissioner when it's funded by, well, 12 NBA owners, 12 WNBA owners, including five of them who are on NBA, who are on an NBA team? The, Mer- the Mercury, the Mystics, the, the Fever, the Liberty, and I'm forgetting... One, I mean, I mean, let's uh, okay. And the links of all things. Is this is this how is this gonna make you look like the hero? Absolutely not. I'm all for owners paying, play paying for their teams' flights, but. When it comes to charter flights, that's off the table. That is off the table. And when I say that, when I say that, I mean, I can say this. This is why the league gets so much crap from Weasley YouTubers and fans of fans. I mean, I will say this: as a fan of one team, of one team, some of the some of the most of WNBA team player team players come from the University of Connecticut. Super Brianna Stewart, Diana Tawasi. Then there's of course. Tina Charles, I mean, shouldn't you follow the um, UConn example? I mean, come the fuck up, come the fuck on. This is, this is not, this is not business 101 here. I'm not going to bullshit. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to make it, make myself look like a fucking villain. Knowing that I'm, uh, that I'm going to be real. I'm going to be legit. I'm going to say this. So fun. If you make it about if you make it about you if it make it about you if it makes it about you, then you deserve to be crucified. 
if you make it about the league, I don't know what's going to happen. But I know if you finding them is okay, dumping them, getting rid of the Liberty, it doesn't help right now. We'll be right back right after this. I know your shirts are bland, your hats are bland, your businesses are bland, is bland. So why not give it a facelift with Li Tops? Li Tops is the is Long Island's home for custom shirts, custom hats, printed, and of course putting up putting up vinyl banners for you and all your stuff for for your businesses and whatever have you. Long Island Tots is home to some of the with some of the best guys in the business to work to get this get make sure your product stands out from the best. Don't forget to visit them. Don't forget to give them a chance to look out. L I Chops, if it ain't us, it ain't lit. That's L I T O P E Ops. Welcome back to Home Turf Sports. And of course. What better way to end the week by naming this week's Jackass of the Week of Jackass of the Week, um, and this and this year's out and the, and, the, and the big winner for this week happens to be Patrick Mahomes' little brother Jackson Mahomes. He's crying to his crying. He's saying the media is destroying his life. Of course, the Independent writes Jackson Mahomes. Little brother, little brother of Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes has opened up about how the media has been affecting him. In a screenshot of Jackson's Instagram story posted on a Friday and shared by Osimo, Osimo, Jackson posted a photo of himself with the caption, I hate media slash news. It's destroying my life. Of course, Jackson then posted a second selfie to his story, which was screenshotted and posted it on Twitter, where he wrote, spoken, sad, disrespected. On his TikTok account, Jackson, who has over a million followers, frequently documents himself dancing at different locations. In his bio, the social media influencer appears to make a reference to his feelings about the media. Says, "This what's up? I get I get bullied a lot, but I'm still here." Yeah, especially if you make a jackass of yourself, you dump water at Ravens fans, and then you you and and your brother's fiance. Horns on champagne on Chiefs fans after they won. Oh, my goodness. The epitome of a jackass. That tells you right there. Many Twitter users have have been left wondering what Jackson's, wondering what Jackson's Instagram story could mean. One fan claimed that Jackson could be upset that he didn't get to go to Patrick's brother, Patrick's brother, brother bachelor party in Las Vegas. In the photos from the event shared by Us Weekly on on February 27th, Jackson didn't appear with any, in any of them with his brother, who is engaged to soccer player Brittany Matthews. One Twitter user wrote, "That's LMAO laughing my ass off. That is crazy. Patrick Pat Mahomes didn't invite his brother Jackson to his bachelor party. I'm not thinking probably because he didn't want the distraction." He didn't want, and he didn't want his brother to become a distraction, because he's probably in he probably 
pumping up his own ego rather than celebrating his own brother's accomplishments on the field. They become his, his brother, his wife, his future wife. They're becoming distractions for, for Jackson. Fashion for Patrick Wallace and Pat. And it's, and it's practically annoying. Of course, recently Jackson had made headlines for his behavior on TikTok. TikTok, last week, where, where Munchies, a retailer that sells various food and drinks, shared a photo, video claiming that Jackson scammed the company. Munchies said that he agreed to send a care package in an exchange. Jackson would then post about it on social media. According to screenshots of the messages posted by Munchies, the business owner told Jackson that the package was delivered and never heard back. Wait. Hey, talk about that in a screenshot of the comment sections, but shared by the New York by New York by the New York Post. Uh, Rupert Murdoch Mag Jackson left a comment on the video saying, "Never received anything from those guys." And that's what happens when it said in the end. It said in, in, in his course of Instagram story, he said, and posted said, "In the end, the only person you can count on is yourself." Hmm. Wonder why. Of course, throughout the NFL season, Jackson was slammed for some of his social media posts. Last October, last October, he was called out for dancing on a memorial for the late Sean Taylor, a former player for the now-renamed Washington Commanders during the game. After receiving some harsh criticism for his dance online, he removed the video from TikTok and apologized for taking, taking, it, taking it in the first place on Twitter. He said, I since I want this. Sincerely apologize for accidentally being on Sean T- on the Sean Taylor 21 at FedEx Field. He tweeted, "We were directed to stand in that area, and I meant absolutely no disrespect to him or his family." Oh boy, makes you feel like an idiot. Makes you feel makes you feel like an idiot, huh? He's done a lot. He's done stupid things. He's done. He's done. He's done stupid. He's done stupid. He's done stupid. Things, Pat. I mean, it's bad enough. But Pat, but Patrick Mahomes is a family man, and that's okay, and that's fine. But, but when you, but when you decide, when you have a butter that's pretty much a distraction, you got to deal with it in a manner that's probably professional. <laughs> you have to tell your wife to. Stop with the stop for with all the clicks and being uh, all the clicks and being the social media. I mean, the social media clicks and all that shit. And you got to stop your brother. Tell your brother to stop being annoying on his time. I mean, come on. If you and if, if that was me, I feel bad. I wouldn't even want to do. I don't even do those kind of things. But. I feel bad. I feel bad. I feel bad because, yeah, Pat, the, Pat doesn't deserve this kind of curve, the kind of tr- shabby treatment, but he is a good cat. Ge- all a good cat. He's a good cat. But at the end of the day, who's to blame? Who are we to blame here? Who are we to say, oh, man, this is, is this on, is this on? Is this uh, is this bad? Turns out it is. If it is, do so. It, it, you have to tell your brother to stop being an annoyance. 
I would say that with my I would say that with my brothers a lot. But I grew up with those but I grew up with my brothers who are respectful and do their business and not be overbearing and I can't and I can't play as the overbearing idiot. We'll be back after this message, but a little message to close this out. Jackson Mahomes, but are Patrick Mahomes, this week's jackass of the week. Spare me, the, spare me the grievances. If you can come up with someone better, so be free, so be it. But at the end of the day, you can't go, you can't be about, but be about, uh, um, everybody's bullying me. I feel bullied. You've been, you, you know, you did this to yourself. You did this to yourself. I know I get it. You're looking for the best shirts in town, something that associates with the area, or something like that? Let Mac of Amityville help you out. Of course, Mac is the home of the of Mac t-shirts, Long Island Toss t-shirts, Island Tribe t-shirts, and plenty of cool stuff, merchandise you can find. It's the best butt shop you ever find here, shop in Amityville. Well, check them out down on down on Route 110 and 10 at, next to the next to the Amityville Amityville train station. That's in the that's minutes from the Amityville train station. I mean, and don't forget to check them out and check them out today. Long you got Rucker Harlem has Rucker Lincoln Queens got Lincoln, but um, but Long Island has the map. All right, we're back with home turf sports. Looks like at the combine, there's a lot of players getting to get their act, get their some, get some work in for the scouts and coaches, the general managers that are there. But one one name that stands out to, to me is probably he might not be a top five. It could be a top ten. It could be. Even be number one. That's Kayvon Thibodeau of Oregon. Of course, of course, Yahoo Sports reports Kayvon Thibodeau isn't tiptoeing his way into the 2022 NFL scanning combine. And no one is shocked about that. Top by that, I guess. And even me, I'm not even shocked. Like, I give a damn. Of course, the highly self confident edge rusher from Oregon can handle the attention, he said crediting his experience as a fifth grade class president and have been in the media since he I was been in the media since I was a high sophomore in high school as the reasons why when why no why was a soft why was I was in during my sophomore year in high school I was skills USA treasurer I had good grades I had talent to work with I had skill I had talent maybe I wasn't that athletic but you get the job. When Thibodeau said it Friday and during a media session, he said, I've been trained for this my whole life. Behind the scenes, NFL teams have already conducted several meetings, formal and informal, with Thibodeau, and he's not hiding his big personality from them. From them. Yahoo Sports spoke to two teams picking relatively high in the draft to find out how one of the best products, prospects in the 2022 draft class, has acquitted himself so far. Thibodeau has yet to work out 
which no doubt will help his stock. He's considered a terrific specimen and a big reason why he's been mocked to go in the first, 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 first five picks, even occasionally at number one overall. But is Thibodeau guaranteed to crack the top five? Neither team was certain of that. I guess even if it excludes the Giants at one point. I mean, he's got an answer for everything, one team official noted, which is both a good and a bad thing. Totally in agreement. A senior-level evaluator for the second team noted, he might not go as high as some of the mocks have him now. On the surface, Thibodeau's 35.5 tackles for loss and 19 sacks and breasts. So does his rare athleticism and impressive frame. Unofficially and around six foot five, two hundred and fifty-eight pounds prior to his combine measurables being made public. Yet Thibodeau's interview process could hold an outsized weight in his ultimate landing spot. This is this is not a player who carries what many would consider traditional character flaws stemming from off-field issues. The concerns mainly lie with his effort on the field and whether his big personality will be a perfect fit with every locker room. It appeared, of course, I, I would say that. I would say he's got a big personality. But will how he fits in a locker room with bigger personalities than him, that's a big question. Well, it appears that some of Thibodeau's focus has been on himself in the team interviews. One team official said, we get this kid, these, these kids for 20 minutes or whatever, maybe closer to 18 once you get through the handshakes and all that. And I think he mentioned his brand at least three times. He became the NIL king this year, and I think some of that will carry over. Out of the second team, he was putting on a show. He's a charismatic kid. He talks a lot. He's just trying to figure out where football is on the important scale for him. I think it's high, pretty high, but if you just want to see if it's number one or lower on the list. Thibodeau mentioned he'd be willing, he'd be willing to play anywhere. The Detroit, from Jacksonville to New York, to both New York to Texas. These deals just happen to be the five teams picking atop the draft. The Jaguars, Lions, Texans, and Giants. But it's entirely possible he could still he still could be on the board after those five teams are picked. Carolina at number six doesn't feel like a fit. The Giants also pick seventh with the Falcons at eight number eight pass on Thibodeau. That's a team to watch. Maybe at the maybe also the Broncos at number nine. It's hard to imagine him somehow slipping past either the Vikings or the Commanders at twelve and thirteen respectively. Of course, and the top five isn't out of the question, especially in what's considered a weaker class in terms of high-end talent in the top 10 or 15 selections. But Thibodeau might want to expand any his anywhere list just a bit in case. Thibodeau said on a Friday, story Friday about his combine interview with the New York Giants, owners of both the number five and number seven picks overall. He said the Giants were giving me a hard time and trying to figure out what might happen to Thibodeau if he doesn't experience immediate success. He said, 
I feel like it, I feel like it was that it was like that Big Brother moment where they give you a hard time because they re, they're like re, they really they're interested in you and they like you. They just giving me a hard time, you know. What's gonna happen if I'm not the star? You know, coming in coming five games in, if I don't have a set. This is one of the things we talked about. You know, the media is going to be down on me. You know, I'm gonna be in a doghouse. You know, how am I gonna hold that? In? That's when Thibodeau reminded everyone that he's been facing the media for years and is built to handle that negative attention. And at the end of the and that at the end of the day, it's all just theater anyway. He said, I know that most of it is entertainment, right? So I'm not really worried because whether whether whatever happens between the four walls of the team and the organization, that that is what's going to dictate the future. And if I have five bad games, we're gonna focus on that next week and how we're going to, you know. Dominate the team. Later, Thibodeau compared himself to Jadavion Clowney. A surprise, a surprising self-comp that opened a few media eyes. You look back to Jadavion Clowney, he said, Thibodeau said, I mean, he's a guy who was great, but he didn't have all the skills and the tools as far as, you know, Pashua skills and things like that. I mean, I feel like um, I'm kind of built off, off, off of him. I'm like today beyond 2.0. It's a line he used behind closed doors too. The second team said after Thibodeau mentioned clowning in a team's interview as well, I thought, is that the best guy you could come up with? It just made me laugh in my head. Clowning's fine. I just don't know if he knows all that clowning came up with. Better, ask, better said, ask a Texas fan about how they feel about a guy they would draft comparing himself to Jadavion Clowney. Of course, one of the more interesting lines from Thibodeau on the media Friday on Friday when, came when he was asked about what areas he wanted to improve in his game. Of course, Thibodeau eventually mentioned how he wants to get blocks better and a few, draw a few stalemates in his rushes. He's a student of the game, Thibodeau explained, and works hard to identify areas where he came up short and can't avoid that and improve for next time. Well, that's the good stuff. But being a student of the game, Thibodeau said, means that he already knows what a coach would tell him ahead of time. I tell the coach that, you know, there's nothing he can tell me that I don't already know, he said, right? And it's not because I'm honest with myself and I'm watching the tape, right? So if you're a student of the game, you know what you know what you can get better at. One, a team official who said he's got an answer for everything also wondered, what happens when he needs to be coached hard? We have some tough-minded defensive coaches. They'll call out a lack of effort in front of the team. They all demand, demand excellence. That's the conversation you get down to Thibodeau, not not whether he'll go out and get in trouble. Maybe he will. Who knows? But I'm more worried about the other thing. Well, the knocks on Thibodeau, the football player, is that he can take some reps off and also will be contact averse at times, although both issues Although both teams noted that some of his issues could be chalked up to the ankle injury he suffered early in the season and played in pain with after returning. Yet NFL teams know what they've seen on the day as some of their concerns might not have been completely allayed when they've cross-checked with people at people at Oregon. The second team said, one team official said Oregon coaches didn't kill him, but they didn't correct this either. I think he's got it when first team the first team said. I think he's got a lot of fashion and a lot of pride. I just wonder if it's all channeled in the right places. I and I tend to believe that. 
if this is the pride and e pride about him, he's probably doing a good job. Probably doing a good job with it. When I look at CBS Sports mock drafts, I mean, especially with Ryan Wilson, I know, I know the Jets are gonna go with Kayvon Thibodeau. I'm thinking, they, oh, the Jets need the edge, edge rusher. We need build that offensive line. We get the. If you look at um, Ryan Wilson's mock draft, you see at number five for the Giants fans. Evan, we got number five. We're taking Evan Neal. We'll probably take Evan Neal. What does that? What does that tell you? Was that? This feels like the best case scenario for the Giants. Though we've heard zero complaints from Giants fans when they had Kayvon Thibodeau fall into their lap last week, who now have a new GM and head coach, and appear fully committed to Daniel Jones. God help us! God help us. Neal is one of the best offensive linemen in this class. And should Daniel Jones return, the Giant ha- Giants have to protect him. I think, I mean, Evan Neal is compa- the comparison to Evan Neal. Evan Neal's pro compa- comparison is like a- Andrew Thomas, but bigger. His strength is like monstrous size and strength, effortless movement for a size. Multiple years of high-level production in the SEC. That's his strength. Weakness is 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 2021 film. Wasn't good as 2020, and a co- and occasionally gets overzealous looking for contact. And we get and we get a linebacker from Utah in Devin Lloyd. What does Ryan Wilson say? The Giants could target edge rusher here, but Lloyd is a special talent. Um, we were impressed by him during the 21 season and have been watching more from ahead of the combine and, and were somehow more impressed. He's a he's the prototypical off-ball linebacker in today's NFL, and it's like he was built in a lab. This may seem high, but, well, it's not. His book comparison, however, is like Fred Warner. Yeah, Fred Warner of the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Setting bumps, setting blocks, sideline to sideline pursuit. I mean, easy to probably be a run stopper. Run stopping, run stopper in the 3 4. Witnesses developing in coverage, identifying gap responsibility. That's, that, that's from Ryan Wilson's other, dra- other, dra- other mock drafts. And this one's from Chris Trapasso of CBS Sports. And I was, Chris, and he, ha- and he has. And he had, and he has Charles Cross at five. Charles Cross at five. Okay, Charles Cross at five. What does he say about it? Cross is a special talent athlete with a nice blend of balance and power on the outside. So his pro comparison is Brian Balaga, a left tackle, by the way. Pass protection, core strength, the strength from Cross, Mississippi State. Weaknesses of Bannon's technique with challenge inside and blocking in space. And he's got Kayvon Thibodeau at the edge. So what does he see in him? The Giants had the opportunity to add Thibodeau to the defensive front. He's compared him to Miles Garrett. Another another mock draft. Um, 
uh, Giants get, we get uh, Charles Cross. New York has two picks in a span of three. The thought process is that Carolina is more likely to take Cross than it would take the than it would be to take the player I have given to the Giants at seven overall. New York continues to build that offensive line in support of Daniel Jones. Like I said, God help us all. And he got uh, Kyle Hamilton in that number seven. He said, the thought is that Hamilton essentially replaces Jabril Peppers, who is scheduled to hit free agency. The Notre Dame product is arguably the best talented player in this draft, and the Giants land him at number seven overall. The pro comparison, Ed Reed. I mean, we get. I mean, I would say that the secondary is not is not needed, but we do if we get if we get cross, and we we will or or Neil. We can rebuild the offensive line if we got Kibido, or 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 like or maybe or maybe Kyle Hamilton. Should he fall down to the draft, trial down the draft? Or picked up by the top three? But at the end, I mean, let's face it. The Giants need some help all around. We'll be back to wrap this up when we come back. Missed the segment? Don't worry, Home Tour Sports got you covered. Don't don't forget to check us out on Anchor immediately after the Species episodes end. And the new, new episodes air every day at two on Species, as well as launching on a, and as well later on the day on Anchor and where or and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, folks, like you, I'm starting to get real sick and tired of baseball being locked out. Right now, a lot of people, lot of people are pissed. Off. A lot of people are pissed off, uh, but hey, can't help that. That's the problem. That's we, we we focus on what we need as fans to do in order to support the players. Ownership is like failing us right now. Tonight's game is the Devils will take out the Rangers at a Hudson River showdown. The next visit, the Rising Phoenix Suns, 10 p.m. Eastern. That's gonna do it for this edition of Home Tour Sports. We'll be back Monday. Back Monday. It is back at our normal time. Sorry if we get this. Sorry if I put this out late. Sorry if we didn't get it on time. Home Tour Sports. We'll be back in the normal time at five. And in the meantime, so long, everybody. <laughs>